Product Quest podcast. In the last episode, we proposed a riddle, one that seems to be in conflict with the idea that jobs to be done can help us to understand why a customer prefers one product over another. It's this. People typically prefer chicken wings over chicken tenders. But by choosing the wings, they are selecting a product that is messier and more difficult to eat. So we explored this question, and we thought about other markets that have similar patterns. Some in food come to mind. Crab legs, oysters, lobster, where the more expensive, more desired product actually is more difficult to eat. It's more complicated. But also we talked about examples in a a tractor market example and one installing electrical panels. So have we broken jobs to be done with this question where we realize a customer prefers a more complicated product, seemingly inferior? Well, we go deeper into the riddle with a discussion of emotional jobs. Is this what can save job to be done? Well, we'll find out as Jonathan asks Jan this very question. And actually, maybe this is a good time now to move over to these emotional jobs, which we often also associate with higher level jobs, although I'm not sure that's necessarily always the case. Anyway, what are these emotional jobs? So, um, Jan, I know that, so, well, emotional jobs typically are split into social and personal emotional jobs. And Jan, I know that at Venbridge, at the consulting firm you work at, you're not big fans of emotional jobs. So, Could you maybe just tell us what an emotional job is in Jobs to be Done and why you have such negative emotions towards them? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so um, very nice. Um, Well, okay, so the core, I think the core idea in in Jobs to be Done is that there is something like a threefold distinction, like you have three different or that, at least is what I've always read is kind of the three three distinctions when it comes to job. There is kind of the key job that is relevant for innovate or one of the most relevant for innovation, which is the, is the so-called functional job. So the functional job is very often at the core of, of what you're doing. Then there are social, so as you pointed out, social jobs and emotional jobs. Now, the way I picked this up was the idea is that you have a given functional job, but there is always social things around it. So, for example, um, I don't know, you want recognition from others, um, you don't want to impress uh, peers, uh, things like that. So, these are not purely functional in the sense that they, for example, don't really solve a problem, but they just go along or kind of are around um, the job. And then emotional jobs are something like... Um, and I think this is maybe they came in to try to solve these riddles that we're talking about. This I don't know, um, feeling happy or feeling I don't know uh, appreciated and stuff. So it, ha- having certain kinds of emotions along doing the, the 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 functional job. I hope this this is kind of fair. So Scott, if you disagree, you probably you have much deeper knowledge of these distinctions. But sorry, I was gonna say yeah. I think you're right. I think I think. I think they were sort of created to because they didn't they didn't address these things. I think we've had a pretty good discussion of trying to really get to the core of. And the original thought was they were something called a related job, meaning oh, yeah, right. I, yeah. while I'm doing job A, I'm also trying to do job B. So while I'm cooking a meal, I am also trying to uh, feel like a good provider. But yeah. that's different than what you just described. And, it, and by the way, so it's very interesting 
well, one thing I just, just on a personal level, um, like Jan and I have the exact same perspective on this. And the, <laughs> why is that interesting? It's interesting because it's very much a minority view. The very yeah. much, if you read jobs to be done stuff, it's described as you have functional jobs and then you have these related jobs of emotional jobs, yeah. um, um, social, social and personal jobs in which you want to feel something or, or be perceived in a certain way. Yeah. Um, but the, again, it, it, you know, Jan and I, we, um, well, the, the position I have, which I, I think is the same as John's is it's really these, um, emotional jobs. These are higher level. Yes. In other words. So here's the, here's the difference. The, the, um, the nor the more typical position is I, you know, it's a related job. So that means I'm cooking a meal while I'm cooking a meal, I also want to feel like a good provider. That's the related job perspective. The hierarchy is I'm cooking a meal for my family, which is a solution that helps me to better feel yes. like a provider, which helps me to better feel something or be perceived as something. And so it's a, it's, it's, it's more than semantics. It's a completely different way of looking yeah. at it. Um, and, in, in that the emotional job actually is a solution is is what somebody's trying to accomplish so the functional jobs become solutions to accomplish the, the higher level job and yeah um it was hard for me to turn loose of that related job idea because I, it was all i knew for a, the longest time but it just didn't make sense i mean yeah it, it didn't it didn't pass these riddles uh, <laughs> i mean i to i totally yeah. agree with you scott i i think that this i, I never really liked this side of related job I, I think that it's the the relationship to the job is, is actually uh, mu mu much more well defined it, it really you're doing this in order to do this it's really right. a so so the the, yeah. the core job you're looking at is a stepping stone towards something which is more a high level job an abstract job so yeah so yeah so the so typically we have um, emotional jobs are broken down into the personal jobs, so how people want to feel in any given circumstance, and the social jobs, how people want to be perceived by others. Do you think, so from what I gather from you guys, maybe you can correct me, but is that I, I understand that you don't believe that people can pursue a personal job, so in and of itself. Um, is this, am I correct in, in assuming this? So personal um, job, uh, wanting to feel a certain way. So you're saying it's always associated with a functional job. I would, I would say theoretically you can target anything. You could target like mm. in, in, in my opinion, that's not hampered by any research or anything other than my opinion is that the top level job for any individual is to be at peace. So theoretically you could study that. What are all the challenges you have being at peace? It's just a heck of a huge thing to tackle. It's just yeah. practically speaking too large. That's like going into a business. Their top one is be profitable. Tell me all the challenges you have being profitable. It's just practically speaking as a research, you, it's, there's nothing in the jobs to be done theory that says you cannot study anything anywhere. But practically speaking, it's just a mess because it's just too big. So, uh, so it's more of a practical research decision. Let's go. What's what's what do we do as a company that we could actually help somebody to feel at peace? And what are our capabilities? And what sub job? You know, maybe it's get better sleep or something, or you know, or whatever. 
um, that we would tackle. So it's not that you, not that jobs to be done as a theory says you can't do anything. It's just practically, it doesn't, it's just too big to, to study. I don't know. What do you, what would you say, Jan? No, I agree. I think, I mean, for some cases, if, if let's assume that, for example, being at peace is, is one of, there are solutions for this. Mm. I mean, we use them all the time. Uh, we take a break mm. or we, I don't know, we go to a seminar somewhere, we go into, we relax or we listen to music. So there, are, it's always at play, but I think, and you're 100% right, Scott. So for most cases, this is just, it's too, too abstract. It's yeah. what do you, how, well, how does that help you inform the product strategy for the next three to five years? Like there's no actionability there. Um, but I, 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 the way I think you phrased it was, can you can you kind of pursue them just for the sake of themselves or or just own do only the job of trying I, to be I, a I think there are two there are two different things I, I that um, I'm saying so or two different questions so the, the first one is I mean the first one is maybe not not so well thought out but it, it was based on the idea that I know that you at Venbridge don't really like the idea of emotional jobs I just wanted I to can understand add on this as well yeah I wanted to understand why and that was the first thing and the second one I think it connects back to this idea of autotelic activities which is mm. can one actually really pursue a personal job in and of itself and I think that's a very okay. deep and interesting question and I mean, we can either talk about it now or wait a bit later. No, I can't. Okay. Let me maybe just, I, I'll, I'll say a little bit about both and I try to be brief, but the first one, and I, and I didn't add this, and I wonder if, if, if you, you two would agree, but so one thing I think that emotional jobs and social jobs, um, this distinction is very difficult to make. So they are usually getting they're, they're very fluid. So I, I always had a hard time kind of keeping them apart. And then we really, really sat down and had a long thought about what are exactly emotions. And then what we, what, what we came up with or kind of what are, what are thinking right now is that emotions are not something like a goal that you go after. Emotions are a reaction to how something goes. So what, what, what we, completely do away with is the idea of saying there is something like an emotional job. We do not believe this. I, I, I don't believe that there is something like an emotional job. Emotions play a huge role, but they are a reaction to something. So yes, you can say that you want to pursue, for example, I don't know, uh, moments of feeling happy, which would be something like an outcome. So you could kind of want to have, but, but, then this feeling of, of being happy is an outcome is, is kind of, it's a reaction to how the job is basically done, how the solutions get your job done. Mm. Now they play a huge role and they are a factor in all of this, but I don't think it just in and of itself, there, are, there is something like emotional jobs. So that is kind of our, our, yeah. our view on this and why we kind of did away with these distinctions and just said, okay, there is, they, they are always involved. So there is a, hi a hierarchy that just as Scott explained, there's a hierarchy that where you higher up you go, the more kind of abstract, emotional, whatever you want to call it, it gets. But there is also something, and Scott, you alluded to this, is there's also something like a universal element of just kind of basic human jobs that we want to get, that we want to do, which are also always associated with any job that you do. So this might lead me to, this, to your second question. Um, I... Um, 
I'm having a hard time trying understanding this notion of just in and of pursuing something just in and of itself. Like, and maybe this is my, my limited jobs to be done perspective, but I think pursuing something in and of itself gives you a lot. I mean, I read weird philosophy books and talk with my friends about them and it has no direct practical use. I just love the activity of trying to understand what somebody else thinks. But it gets, I mean, there is a huge reward in this. There is something like, there is also a part of, um, it helps me to escape. So it's, some people go to the gym. Uh, Well, I do too, but I read also books. So escaping from everything. So I, I, maybe we should get a little bit more into this notion of what it, what do you, what do you mean by this? Just pursuing something in and of itself. I think one of the challenges with with pursuing any high one of these higher jobs is now you have to be prepared that your competition is every other way to do that. So yes. so just you mentioned reading a book and going to the gym and taking a nap. All of a sudden, this is your competition. And it's just, um, so it's just sort of, it's, it technically you could chart it out. What are, what are all the different, let's just go at be at peace. What are all the solutions to be at peace? And, you know, but it's, it's darn near, I mean, an inf- you, know, you could eat <laughs> junk food. You yeah. could, you could, you know, listen to a podcast, a very good one, like Product Quest podcast, for example. I mean, you could play with your kids. You could play with the, just the, the list of the competition list gets to be such a, a disparate, difference of things so it's like it's not like jobs you done breaks down it's just the, it's the practical implication of, of understanding it you know i just i just read a book and just finished it it's called how emotions are made it's just looking up the author's name her name is lisa feldman barrett and it was a pretty good book but there was one there was one idea that just sort of stuck with me and and her her position is here's where an emotion comes from is that you where you the brain makes a prediction about something and then it takes in it in feedback as for what actually happens. So it's just that we're talking about food. So you take you have a prediction of what this is going to taste like, and you take a bite, and then mm. you then you have your your you take a real signal. Now the difference in that prediction and the real s- signal, that's that's where the emotion comes from. Imagine opening a present, right? Oh, nice. You're predicting. Your brain predicts how you're going to feel. I guess, uh, or your, your satisfaction, whatever. Yeah. And then you have a different, and based on the, the difference in prediction and the reality creates an emotion. Now she goes into a lot more detail about naming emotions okay. and difference in, in words from emotions across cultures. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a massive field <laughs> to itself. How emotions are made. How, how emotions are made. Lisa Feldman okay. Barrett. That sounds like a very interesting read. And and she mentioned a guy, Antonio Damasio, quite a bit. Uh, who? I, yeah, the, the Santa Fe Institute, I think. Yeah, I and that was another one of my takeaways is I want to go deeper into some of his writings as well. Mm. I, yeah. I, I told one of his stories in my book. I won't go into it now. I don't think it's relevant. But um, but yeah, but I, but the whole, that whole idea of the brain makes a prediction and then – after that's very interesting it, taking a signal yeah. and the emotion is built on essentially comparing those two i don't know if you call them that's that, very two, nice two, two values 
Yeah, so you start thinking about how to build a better widget and you end up uh, reading stuff about, you know, complexity theory and stuff like that. That's how it goes. That's how it happened to me. So anyway. Um, so yeah, maybe just to uh, bounce off uh, and get back to your question. So what is uh, exactly an autotelic activity? Um, I mean, I've given an, an, an explanation, but maybe with a few examples, it might help. I think the epitome of an uh, autotelic activity is basically consuming art. So, for instance, um, consuming or making art, actually, I would, I would say. So you, may, you will watch a movie. Um, it doesn't, there's no functional benefit. Of course, you could say spend time with my kids or whatever. But I mean that's kind of for me avoiding the it's kind of you can definitely just enjoy watching a movie for the experience of watching a movie you can enjoy listening to a piece of music just for 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 the experience of listening to a piece of music and the same way similarly if you're making art you can sit in your room like just sitting in your room i know you know scott's got a guitar i play i play bass you know you you can um, should make a band one day, but anyway, um, we, uh, you know, you can just sit in your room, play your instrument and, and get a lot of pleasure out of it. And there's no, there's no other point to it than the pleasure you get from playing it. Um, and that is that those are examples of autotelic activities. Yeah. Sorry, this one of the challenges of this conversation is there's there's so many things I keep wanting to go back to. So I'll, I'll yeah. go back to one to one now. When you mentioned the autotelic, which is, that's a that's a neat word, but I wrote down you said you, something you enjoy just for the sake of doing it, and even if it makes it more difficult, um, you, you know, I reflect on like why do you go? Why does anybody ever go backpacking? Why do you carry all right. your stuff with you? hike all mm. these miles uh do, in doing something that again if, if, if it's sort of the chicken maybe maybe this will be forever known as the famous chicken wing uh, <laughs> test because you applied all these different examples of where you're expending more energy but you know uh i generally I go out west with a group uh, a few guys we go fishing out we go backpacking every summer and if I, i'm going to be completely honest so we go we go to yellowstone or some park and um, so we've got all our stuff. We're going into the backcountry. And as we're going, we, you know, you'll see the folks there for the weekend or they're just hiking, you know, half a mile in and out. And if I'm totally honest, we're probably looking down our nose at them a little bit. Like, you know, they're only, they're barely, even, they're not the real. And of course they have all this. So this is grizzly country. And so they'll have all Ooh. this grizzly bear spray and all these precautions and they'll have bells dangling, you know, and they're, they're never out of sight of their car, but there's some <laughs> satisfaction action in doing hard things in yeah. saying um you know what we're you know we're doing something that's difficult you know we're gonna we're, we're carrying our water we're filtering our water we're doing and just just for the uh something in the joy of it so that was mm -hmm. one of the you, you mentioned uh jonathan challenge versus autotelic what are the what are, would you say in the differences in between those two ah uh, that's a great great question because i was actually going to try and and push my little theory on on this and i was wondering how <laughs> when i would get a moment to 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 get into that so yeah i mean you mentioned backpacking i mean a, a typical example i find quite fascinating also is the idea of mountain climbing I and mean, that's a typical example it's one of those classic examples people talk about right i mean um someone who's mountain climbing if you you say to him hey i mean we can just take a the 
the lift or whatever it's called the um the cable car or helicopter or something then no I, I don't want to take the i but you want to get to the summit right yeah but i actually want to go through the snow and get cold hands and risk dying to do it and it's a, a really really strange phenomenon of why uh, people do this right and mm. it's it, it, it so i actually have kind of a theory and it relates to what you you just asked me uh, or asked us i would say but i'll just answer give my opinion um so what is the difference between challenge and, and autotelic? Well, I believe that actually a challenge, so the, we maybe don't even have a word for this, but I think the emotion you get from, from, from solving or overcoming a challenge is a kind of, it, it's a kind of emotion. It's part of the autotelic activity. So I believe that different types of autotelic activities and a different or, or a different type so and and these are very much related to the hacking of emotions so that's kind of my 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 theory so you, you know so you get a certain positive emotional feedback from achieving a difficult objective from solving a challenge you also get a positive emotion from playing an instrument alone in your room uh, you get uh, a positive emotional feedback from seeing a, a nice movie or watching. Um, so, and and I believe that this is basically, and I think you alluded to this earlier, Scott. It's it's kind of a, a these the reason why we get a positive emotional reaction is because somehow this has served us in the past. I, I believe these, these emotions and Jan, you also talk about emotions guiding our behavior in somehow some way, it kind of tells you, okay, you're kind of on the right path, you know, kind of uh, this, this is mm. something that from this an evolutionary perspective is something like, so, I mean, your philosopher, Jan, I'm sure you've gotten into these discussions of, you know, what's the point of music and why do people like music and yeah. all this stuff. And, and, and I think it's basically a hacking of, of, of something that was there for, for another purpose. And somehow music hacks this, this, um, this, this purpose that was originally there. So we developed a liking for, for music for some reason or for, for some sounds and, and music, it's, it's like, uh, you know, a nice cake that plays on our, on our lust for sugar. We, we, we love sugar for evolutionary reasons. And now we have companies that, that basically hack our, our taste buds, you know, so they'll, they'll put just enough salt and sugar in something so that you find it really good, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, and I think that's where it, where it comes from, in my opinion. Yeah. It's really good. The, um, I, I, I wrote down what you said on how you, you look at how something has served us in the past and I just couldn't help, but ref just add that or just connect that, I should say to what the point from that, how emotions are made where we have when something happens surface in the past that gives us uh, the ability to make a prediction right and then we predict so you, you played guitar in the past so you're predicting what that experience is like and then when you actually play 
you know, how well it matches with that. You, there's an emotion from, you know, uh, yeah. from that. It's, it's just, sorry. Just And it, it, it actually resonates. And I, I want to just, uh, again, a disclaimer. This is total, total kind of speculation. I, I <laughs> don't want to, but um, there's this, it reminds me a bit of this notion of loss function in, um, mm. or cost function in, in, in uh, machine learning. So in machine learning, we train computers by basically giving them some kind of, of reward or cost. It means this two face of the same coin. And you then make the computer improve its model by punishing it or rewarding it if it does something well or, or badly. Yeah. And 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 I think somehow when you were talking about this description of emotions, it did remind me a bit of, of that that uh, that idea. And you yeah. know the, the other thing that just occurs to me, there's just there's just there's just this experiencing things. <laughs> It's just like the things you experience is too big to be a job in a way. I mean, although I guess it technically is. I mean, we're talking about backpacking. <laughs> I remember, I remember a trip. So we were one of our fly fishing trips. We were on the CDT. It's the Continental Divide Trail. Uh, goes from Mexico to Canada through the Rocky Mountains. And at um, we, where we were, we were just like we just went to sort of a base camp. Then we were fly fishing every day. Okay, but from that same place. There was another group of two people coming through the same trail and they and they were going like 25 35 miles a day and they were super efficient you know they were they were eating disgusting things they weren't cooking it they were literally they took this guy took tuna and potato flakes and disgusting stuff mix it in a peanut butter jar and drank it it was pure but everything was about efficiency the, the mentality mm. was more like a marathon runner they were trying to accomplish it as fast as possible now then there's yeah. another group we saw a family traveling together taking their time seeing the sights you know enjoying the nature so and then there's us we just hiked a little ways and we're just fishing so we you have three different groups of people using the same solution but yeah but the jobs we were accomplishing are not even remotely the same. I mean, the the difference in in enjoying time with your family versus you know really taking on a challenge like how fast can we go from Canada to Mexico versus spend time with our family. Those are not remotely even close to each other, but yet it's this using the same product, which goes back to Jan's comment yeah. about this fallacy of a thinking of a one to one job to uh, product uh, relationship yeah but i think here maybe some i mean there's probably different ways in, i mean in one sense we we try to break jobs to be honest as well and i think in a certain way here it at least it shows kind of the limits so at some point i think at some level it, you have to ask yourself what what do you use the theory for because just for ex i mean explaining these all these different kinds of using the trail let's say <laughs> i mean yeah. the solution is kind of the, that trail you are very much you're very likely to end up with a list that is 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 just i mean just as you showed it's 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 huge so but then you have to ask yourself what is it exactly that we want to explain i mean what do we want to what is how here our purpose and i think the same maybe is true for these autotelic things like playing music because i mean let's admit it jobs to be done i think and that's part of why it is so great has in a sense a clear how should, how should we call this a clear bias to finding to, to commercialize stuff yeah. to kind of get 
an output. I mean, it's it's brutal to say, but it's the truth. Get an get an output of out of people in a way so you can commercialize it. We're trying to and build that, successful businesses. Well, that's sure. to build successful businesses to build great products. Now, on the one hand, that I think directly shows you also the limits, and we've been talking about those the limits of of jobs to be done, and as well maybe of people because. Maybe it's even hard. All of these aspects of autotelic things, or I just like it, or I enjoy doing it, are also things that people, and I myself included, struggle to articulate. Like, am I myself even fully aware of why I like to play the guitar? I don't, but I, I mean, so I think there is limits maybe to how much you can get out of somebody because they themselves might be somewhat unaware, or it's hard to articulate what it is exactly is that is driving your own behavior. I mean, if you take the jobs you've done perspective and you have a commercial interest, then I think you're so, that's why it's so great because it's hyper-focused and you get exactly the output of a human being that you want that will help you later on create great products. But it, uh, yeah. to a certain extent, probably it doesn't, if you wanted to explain all of human behavior then it's too much. I think that uh -huh. it's just, it cannot, it cannot do this. Yes, Jan, but then <laughs> I ask you the following. Maybe, I don't know. Um, you, if, I mean, if you say this, you, you, I, I would contend that you're basically excluding a major chunk. I don't know if it would be 50% or what, but uh, basically a very big chunk of what a lot of businesses are built on. I mean, any business that's built on Coca-Cola, okay, you know, uh, uh, I know, I mean, food companies, um, film industry, all, all these people have built entire industries on this. And you're telling me that basically they should not be using jobs to be done. Now we have to make a distinction. Well, I, I think they should not be focusing too much on these autotelic things. Now, is, are there biological factors in human beings that jobs to be done has no way of finding these that just play a role in how people consume things? I mean, sugar, you can find this somewhat uh, if you do an actual job. I mean, we did a lot about uh, chocolate and because we now as a society know that there is sugar in those things, we can express it in that way. So people are able to say, I like a Snickers and I like the sugar rush and I like the energy it gives me. So we kind of learned because we know now what it is about, but some of the things are might be so biological and that drive a certain kind of behavior. Um, you don't, you might not get this from, from, from jobs you've done alone. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to jump on that last thing. It might not be, it's not that it can't help, but it might not be sufficient. It might not be mm. the only thing. You know, we had a great conversation with Indy Young, who has a very intense qualitative method. You know, yeah. I could imagine, you know, combining a method like that with sort of a job to be done. But, but the thing that really worried me <laughs> that, that, about the chicken fiddle. <laughs> is the the big statement is that a, with jobs be done is you know customers they know what their needs are they know what the errors are so if i ask somebody hmm. why do you prefer you know chicken wings over um of chicken tenders 
I expect them to be able to give me answers. Yeah. And I got freaked out a little bit when I was asking myself that. <laughs> and I was a little <laughs> slow to come up with things. So it's, um, I mean, I, I think, I, I think, I think, I think I'm just going to go back to uh, just build on what Jan said. I mean, I, I do think, look, I think you can always have, look, we're having this conversation. We're having a jobs conversations all the way up, all, all the way mm. to the top and back down. Um, there's, I think as practitioners, you know, we're, we're probably very much in the mode of working with our clients to come back down, right. To focus on something, which is different than the hypothetical question. Could you, could you do it yeah. enough sufficient budget? And I think here's, here's where I think I would, my final statement on it would be for uh, anyway, or at least my position as of the, this time on, on whatever day it today is, is that it, it's, it, here's the good thing. It gives you this framework to have that discussion to begin with. It's still what did what are we what are we comparing jobs to be done to? To yeah. oh, it's just American culture. Oh, they just they like it better. And so it's 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 still a, you're you're able to better have um, a good um, the better understand it than just essentially you're just giving up. Oh, it's just what people like. Okay, why do they like it? Because they like it. I mean that's that's not very it's it's that's, true. What do you do with that not answer? Very helpful. <laughs> Not, not very helpful. And I, I think this, I think, I think um, jobs be done can help you to see if the job you're studying, help you to understand how difficult it is. Maybe part yeah. of this thing with the chicken wing is it really is difficult. And with yeah. jobs be done, even though it doesn't, you know, I think we've, we've, we could look, we could definitely, we even have, we could come up with using jobs thinking, we could come up with some hypotheses of why somebody would and yeah. maybe we could maybe and maybe the thing is we, we we're so much in what a typical jobs we done quant survey is maybe for these more sophisticated things more complex maybe it's the maybe we need we're sort of stuck in that way of thinking maybe if the survey looks different maybe the question yeah. maybe there's something needs to be different about that but we but we have been able even though we haven't fully explained it we have been able to have a pretty good conversation with jobs to be done thinking sort of as our vocabulary. Um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of value in that. I completely yeah. agree. And I just want to, so, okay. I, now that we've talked so much about this, I'm coming up maybe with a kind of, kind of, I, I just want to see, I want to test this out. So what I'm very used to, and I think this this alludes, I, I, I completely agree, Scott. I have to say, like, I have a study in mind. I know how you do it, blah, blah, blah. But, okay, so, like, in a very, let's say, the sophisticated way of doing jobs, you would actually go out, explore the job, gather all the criteria that people have to measure success, and then put that into a quant study to see which of those are actually relevant. Um, relevance can be measured in any kind of way, but you would say, okay, well, how, which of these are really important? Of these of these uh, metrics and which are not yet fulfilled. So with the chicken wing example, it kind of now it makes me think. And usually, what we do, we 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 tell our clients, at least that's what we do. is say focus on the things that are impo important. Just focus on the stuff that's important and 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 not fulfilled, of course. But like focus on on on, on the stuff that's important. But it could be that if you would do a survey and you put in all those things that are nice about chicken tenders. 
for example, that your hands stay as clean as possible uh, during the meal, uh, that you have to use your hands as rarely as possible while consuming the food. Um, I don't know. So you see what I mean? Like that, uh, uh, for example, that it happens as rarely as possible that somebody else at the table steals something from your ta- uh, <laughs> from your plate, which kind of tends to happen with chicken wings. So these are kind of all could be measures or or, met- or outcomes or how you want to call them. Um, we call them job metrics that, that people use to judge different solutions. Now, to the people that love chicken wings, all of these are unimportant. They would rate these as complete, I don't care, that's not important to me, that my hands stay as clean as possible. I'm extreme. I mean, so yep. maybe there is also value in looking at what kinds of people do judge a certain set of outcomes to be unimportant. Maybe that's a way of, I don't know. So I would have to think about this a little bit more, but that maybe this could be a way of, and a way of explaining also, why do you take up uh, hardship trying to go up a mountain? That it takes as much, as little time as possible to reach the top. If I want to enjoy the hike up, completely unimportant to me. Uh, that you have to go through as little hardship as possible to uh, something like that, completely unimportant to me. Yeah, so, so maybe we're here in a different. So, so I think if I mean, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe I'm slightly more optimistic uh, <laughs> than than the new guys, and I'll I'll try to explain why. Um, so as I kind of ex- tried to explain my position uh, early on, I, I think human beings have developed proxies in a way, and I think we can consider probably emotions as kind of uh, proxies for um for good behavior okay so it's um, maybe for long some kind of um, okay i'll just let, let keep that there for the moment so it, it very well could be if we go back on the chicken wing example and i think you floated this idea uh, scott uh, at some point and i thought that was quite an interesting idea um this idea that maybe when we were sitting around the fire a hundred thousand years ago or something there's something that that you know is just embedded in us that's that's in our DNA that we like uh, having something in our hands to eat and and I think there might be something to it because if you think mm-hmm. about the times before we had uh, tables and nice plates and knives and forks, um, which of the two would have the most functional advantage? Would it be the the tender or would it be the the chicken wing? Well, I would definitely say it's much more practical to eat a chicken wing when you don't have a, a knife and fork than uh, to to eat uh, a tender. And and so I think maybe and this is this idea of proxy. We, this is maybe this is total invention, right? But I mean, if this is true, we could imagine that. We enjoy chi- eating chicken wings because we, in the past, developed a preference for the, the functional um, functional side of chicken wings, that we could keep it, no one could steal it, I don't know, something like this. And, and therefore, we, we have developed this, 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 uh, this preference for the chicken wings. Um, so we're more optimistic the new guys i think it, it so all these things tastes the tr- the struggle all these things we've discussed that are kind of hard to 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 put in in terms of jobs to be done why couldn't you say as a company like we were talking about chocolate before that the job 
of, of for example, if you're making chocolate, is to eat a, a good tasting chocolate. I mean, why is that not a, a, val a valid job that you could you could set down? And then the question is, okay, good tasting. Well, then of course you need to figure out what that means. It doesn't mean you can you can. It, it requires more work to define what that means. But there are people who actually go and design the best tasting chocolate. I mean, they are doing this in some way. They use uh, yeah. uh, they use focus groups. They use all sorts of things. So. This is, I want to eat a good tasting chocolate, you know? I mean, that I, I don't see necessarily anything wrong with this. You know, good tasting is subjective. It's maybe something that's a remnant of our past that as, you know, there's no objective functional, anything functionally better about a good tasting versus a non-good tasting chocolate today, but maybe in the past there was. So you have to just tailor whatever you're trying to do to those quirks of human nature that we've inherited from our, from our past. That That's where I'm a bit, I would say is, it lies the optimism in my, in what I'm saying. Um, so actually I was going to end it kind of, I think we, we can slowly wrap this up. I was going to end this with, with two questions that are a bit more concrete, which is, which are, um, but maybe we're, we've already covered it. So should artists, should a, should a musician, when he's composing some new piece of music, think about the job of the people who are going to listen to his music? That's the first question. And the second question, concrete also, what is the job of the conversation we've had together right now? Mm. Or more generally, what is the job of conversation? I was fearing that second question. <laughs> I knew what is it the was job there. of a conversation? <laughs> wow, that's, okay, well, let's, let's go back through those. Well, so what was number one again? So um, should um, an artist, musician, composing a piece of music, uh, think about the job that he's solving and the outcomes, et cetera, of the people who are gonna listen to his music? Okay, that's one. Mm. What was the second one? Second one is what is the job of a conversation? And and there's a thought process behind that, which I can I can tell you why <laughs> I'm asking that question. I don't have an answer, but I can. Why the hell are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't mean this particular conversation. No, 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 I, I mean conversation in general. <laughs> yeah, got it. Okay, so who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll jump Go, on. go. Yeah. So I think, well, should an artist think about the job you've done of their, of people, I think is a question that artists should ask themselves to which they may come up with different answers for different pieces of music. The, um, sort of depends who, who the uh, beneficiary is to use a jobs we've done word. Is it themselves? Or is it the um, the audience? There's an addition. There's a different question: is which decision? So they might choose themselves to please or please the audience. A different question is which is like more likely to be effective. Um, if, in other words, if you try to, I think people will really like this music. Will they? Will um, it's just sort. This is again an opinion, unfettered by any research. But my opinion might be if they just like if they make music that they personally like. It's more likely to communicate 
to to be received well than if they particularly i think people will like this but but i think there's but there's certainly room in music for both right you have artists that just make music for themselves and people like it and then you, you, there's certainly a business of music. I, mean, I think a, the most mm. obvious example, like they would put these boy bands together. You know, they select all the people, <laughs> these good dancers and singers, and they're what, they're just they're trying to create a product. So I think it depends on the the individual's job to be done. Are they trying to create a product, or are they trying to create art for which, just in creating art, you're taking a risk. Well, if they're creating it, first of all, they're going to get that enjoyment of creating it. But they're taking a risk. Somebody may or may not uh, appreciate it. I think it's similar to comedy. You know, I think if they're going to make a joke, if a comedian's going to write a joke, you know, for something to be funny to somebody else, they probably it needs to be funny to themselves. Like for all of us, create presentations. If you've ever, sometimes I'll practice a presentation. I'm like, man, this is so boring. And I'll read something I've written. It's like, man, this is so boring. If it's boring to me. It's certainly going to be boring to anybody else. But anyway, I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> so on the artist question, I think it's a really interesting one. Um, and I think a lot of what Scott said, I would, I would 100% agree. But I feel like most of the artists generally do care a lot about how their art is received. So I think it's kind of this idea that we have that the artist sits somewhere in... I mean, I know a little bit about like for it, mostly painting so that's that's what i was for a long time interested in from a philosophical perspective and i think most artists they really care about how they are received now on the on the other hand it's very true that that quite often if some if a painter is too radical i mean they're looked upon as that what they do is garbage so clearly what they produce and and, and then 50 years later we love them for the paintings that they've done i mean it, 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 it's the same in music so very often if art evolves or new art comes out it goes against haha the general taste of the society and i mean they they believe it's 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 this isn't music it's trash or whatever it is i mean rock and roll was the same thing i mean when that came up the reaction was like that is not that's noise that's not music but anyway so but i think in general Yes, they should. They should consider. They should consider this. But I think an artist also has a has a different job. I mean, they kind of want to move. They're really most of them are going to have a kind of mission. They want to move art itself. I mean, they want to move push art forward, and that very maybe that's kind of the emotional gap as well. They're too far ahead very often, and by the way, that happens very often with innovations as well. So it's not because that the innovation is bad, but it's too far ahead. So or the idea, I mean, there were, there were, there's all of these examples where kind of this um, remote uh, talking to each other and, and all of that, that, that stuff was already around. Something like the iPhone and iPad was laying around already, but it might be, have actually been too early. So it's too far off the, of the general development. And then it's considered as weird or, it, so I think there is this element, but, but in general artists, I think they, they should do, and they, and they, 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 they do care about how they're received and they should be doing this much more. So the conversation that we had with Ruth, okay, was just about kind of the marketing of an artist, but I think it 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 would really help also staying relevant in a sense. Of course, you can always pervert this in a sense. So <laughs> putting these boy bands together and then, but that's yeah. the question of do you want to appeal to the? I mean, what's your target audience? Do you want to go? For, I mean, it's the same with movies, right? So you can create a blockbuster and the general storyline. We know the general storyline. But it just that's what appeals to the masses. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree 
with everything you guys have said. Um, firstly, I would like to say that I really believe these questions are actually, they, they seem like fringe questions, but I think they're extremely relevant. And the reason they're relevant is because I don't believe any one product, whatever it is, is, is purely a functional product. I think there are aspects of, yeah. of artistry in any in a tractor, there's artistry, people choose cars based on how they look, you know, and stuff like this. I mean, so this, this, these questions, I, I really think are extremely important. So that's the, the first thing I would say. Um, Jan, you said that artists care about how people receive their work. I totally agree. They, they, they care about it. But I, I, that's kind of a yes-no situation, okay? Either people, okay, or maybe not yes-no, but I mean, either they like it or they don't like it. But it doesn't really say why, um, you know, why they will like something or, or, or not. And I think, Scott, you said, um, and I think that's, I think what I really resonate with is um, you said when you're doing a presentation, if it's boring to me, it's boring to anyone else. And I, for me, that there, I think, is probably where there's some kind of glimpse of, a, in my opinion, an interesting kind of way out of these conundrums and there's a kind of solution. So the problem, I think, with all, we, all, all these things we've discussed with art and, and, and producing art, et cetera, is that it, there's not really any logical reason it's not as logical as for a more functional product. So for, for making a piece of music, there's no really logical reason why one piece of music is better than another piece of music. I think it's just a matter of how things are. Some people, uh, some music touches our souls and some music doesn't. And it's, it's just the way things are. And as we discussed, I think this comes probably from some evolutionary reason that, you know, we resonate more with this or that kind of these this or that kind of sound. And also, obviously, there's a cultural uh, component and what we're used to, obviously, all that. But I think the, the main point is that it's not as logical as, for example, okay, you know, I can't cut a piece of meat with a hammer, right? It, it just, it, is, it doesn't work because it doesn't, it doesn't cut. I, I think here we're talking about proxies. So we, as we're one step removed from the functional benefit of whatever it is we're doing, there, it's not really, uh, there's no logical explanation. So in conclusion, I believe that the, the way forward, and this is what I think most artists would do, is that you have to do, firstly, kind of empirical research, meaning you have to put stuff out there, see how it resonates with people, uh, and, and then and change it around. And a great shortcut is, you know, we're all human beings, we are very different. We're all unique, but we're also, we also have many things in common. So, and there I get back to your slides uh, example. A great shortcut to this is do stuff that you really like. And probably as you're quite alike to other human beings, then it'll, you will hit on those, uh, you will hit those proxies. You will hit the, you know, the, 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 probably the right spots for, for people who have a similar build as you have. Um, and that I think is would be how I would summarize it. Yeah, isn't that a little bit what happened to us? I mean, Scott wrote the book just at, at, like you wanted to put this out, and we kind of found you through that. Like, so it reminded I, me a lot of that. I I was thinking that, and in earlier versions, I, well, that's interesting. You say that because in earlier, I was trying to write it for other people, 
And but then, but it was Ooh. like, but then I was like, I mean, it just it didn't work. It didn't work, and I, it didn't. I was like, I needed to, un, I need to understand this myself. I need to change what I'm doing and do it for me. And if nobody else finds it, but I, but at least I'm, I'm organizing wow. my thoughts. But originally, oh man, it went through so many <laughs> different phases. <laughs> By um, the way, the book is the statue in the stone. <laughs> brilliant book. Yes, go buy it. So I guess I'll share this real quickly. So the the original thing it was the th thing I started working on. It's what is it, 2012? It was something about. I guess I probably started on about 2009, believe it or not. But it was it was just like end to end product development, right? And then like end to end everything you need to know. But then I found that some things had lots of depth and some things had little depth. It's like wow, mm. these things that have a lot of depth that's what i'm really interested in and you know what that's probably the things i really have more something to say i don't have to know that for roadmaps or for i mean i for idea generation i so i know the methods the popular things but i don't add a lot to it i'm I absolutely mm. zero to it so this is the one thing i thought well i've got more interest here and so i just sort of doubled down on what i was interested in and like, who cares and which is what was but then that was the best thing cool. ever because then i find people like you guys that are crazy like me enough to talk for two hours about emotional, <laughs> emotional thing. But yeah, I've got this one, I know we're getting close to the end of time, but I've got this one, this word I've written. And I think, I think relates to these higher level jobs. And well, first of all, I, the, the, our big question was, does jobs be done break on mm. this riddle? Does it break on the iceberg of emotions? <laughs> and so I want to, I don't think it does. I think it is incomplete. I think the parts of it that we understand and that have been proven are in a certain area. And I think, I think it, I think it's just parts of it that have not been developed. Maybe it's just me being overly optimistic, but I think the things that we, I think with this conversation, we've gone a long way to explain, or at least to shine a light on, Hey, it's not as good here, here, and there. I just think we, I just think it's incomplete. And that, so I'm, I'm not writing off hope that it couldn't be improved or some new language yeah. or something, something added. And then, so then the big, the big word I have on my paper is identity, identity. I hmm. think something about the emotions we feel has something to do with how consistent Anything we react, how much it threatens or reinforces our identity. And I've, the example that comes to mind is really stupid. But I remember being a little kid, like five years old, and I was in this play. Uh, and my mom had made me go in this play. <laughs> and she said, you have to wear tights. You have to wear tights. Like, well, I don't want to wear tights. Girls wear tights. And, and we just... I was a good kid, but I just was so angry. It drags me to this play, makes me wear tights, and nobody else was wearing tights. And I was <laughs> humiliated. And it was it was because I mean it was because my my pride, my identity was mm. just not only I mean I would have I wouldn't have liked it by myself with nobody, much less in front of everybody. My five year old self knew. Uh, so I think I think. When things are so switch that to fly fishing, like when I'm fly fishing, wow, this experience of hiking and doing hard, doing hard things, um, that's very consistent with what I imagine my uh, my identity to be. It's so consistent with it, and, and of course, there's visceral rewards. It's the water's great. I mean, there's certainly fun mm. in catching a fish, and 
and just the whole experience. But everything about doing those hard things, it's very consistent uh, with my identity. And I feel like that's, that is part of this equation of, um, well, going back to this, how emotions are made. So she said, you know, we, we predict something and there's something actual. So if I predict something is going to be consistent with my identity. And if it is, then I'm, I'm pretty good. If not, then I'm, I'm not. I mean, one thing I love about uh, Vinbridge's method is you, you really double down this word pain. And I, I like that idea yeah. because the further away from my identity I'm pulled, the more painful that is. Functionally, if I'm trying, so to go something very functional, if I'm trying to do something quickly, the longer it takes, I feel more pain. So I, I uh, anyway, I think I've said a bunch of, a bunch of stuff, there. but just this, <laughs> but anyway, so just sort of summarize, I don't think jobs, you don't breaks. I think it's incomplete. And I think it just seems to me, there's some clue about what's missing in this, this idea of being consistent with how we, how we perceive ourselves. Mm. That's very interesting. It, it's, it's very Aristotelian view, by the way. So maybe that's kind of a recommendation for the next reading list, but, but I agree. So I think, and I, maybe we should also be asking ourselves, so this is just a thought I now have, like, at, at what point do these questions where we feel like jobs are incomplete come back in? So are they relevant, for example, in the moment? I mean, maybe we can take a radical view and say, okay, at the very beginning of something like an innovation project, we do not care about emotions, but what, because everything all of these things are then really then tied to the product, I would at least, or it's, it's strongly, we're very much on the solution side of things. So maybe there is a place or an addition once we get to the solution side of things where we can, so I completely agree with you, Scott, where we can add something or where it kind of needs a kind of an extension um, to jobs to be done to capture that as well. So I, I, I agree. It, it, it really allowed us to have this conversation. And it's also good to see the limits. I mean, any method has its pros and cons. Any method has it, its limitations. If you're irrespective of these, um, it, the method is useless. And so that's why I think also what is, that's why jobs are so powerful because it's very specific as a method in a certain sense. But I mean, all of these questions, emotions, um, things doing enough for a different per for a purpose, but for the purpose of doing it itself, and all of these things are very, very related to questions that you once you're going to have when you actually develop products. So, yeah, I enjoyed the conversation. I don't know what the job is to be honest, but <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I noticed you conveniently avoided answering. Exactly. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll probably just leave it for next time then. Okay, so well, thank you very much, Jan and Scott, for what I thought was a really interesting conversation. Uh, and okay, so this concludes today's Product Quest podcast. So if you're still listening, please consider subscribing and giving us a positive rating on your podcast app. You can send any comments or ideas for future shows to productquestpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Of course they're still listening. Who wouldn't want to listen to two hours yeah. talking, about, talking about our emotions? Of course they're still listening.